Would you make your way back to your seats? Once again, I'd like to say thank you for being here and being a part of what God's doing at Three Oaks. And we are so blessed, so blessed to be doing what God's called us to do. And today we have a special treat and I always look forward to this. But we have, I, I watched from afar for quite a while a ministry that is reaching such a strong and needed place in our nation. And today, as we move into this, I am just blown away by the things that Save One Ministries are, is doing all across our country. So much, in fact, that we opened one of their chapters here at Three Oaks Church because we want to help people at a point of need. I'm not gonna explain all that because they're gonna do a much better job than I could ever do. But today, I would love it if you would welcome Sheila and Jack Harper to come minister to us today. Put your hands together and welcome our guests. Good morning, Three Oaks. I'm so glad to be back. This is awesome. We were actually here this weekend last year because it was our anniversary and today is our 35-year anniversary. <laughs> and we wanted to spend it with you, so thank you. Uh, but for those of you who weren't here last year and you don't have a clue what we do and who we are and what we're doing, we have a ministry called Save One, and what we do, we've been doing this for 23 years, we help men, women, and families recover after abortion. And we feel like this is the greatest deterrent to abortion that we have, is the recovery piece. Because even though we're working, you know, there's a lot of great organizations that are helping people walk through the front door. They're keeping people from walking through the front door of that abortion clinic. There are 65 million who walked out the back door. And when you average that out across our population, that's one out of every three women of childbearing age has had an abortion. That means one out of every three men have lost fatherhood. And it's just as prevalent in the church as it is outside the church. We can't act like there's nobody in the room who hasn't had an abortion because I know there is. And that's why I'm so thankful when we find churches like Three Oaks who aren't afraid to talk about this subject because your pastors don't care the controversy because they love you and they want you whole and healthy. Revelation 12, 11 tells us we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But don't you know, you can't really go tell that testimony until you've been healed and you've experienced God. And that's what Save One does. We're not trying to be the hero of the story. We're driving people to the local church. That's why I'm so thankful when we have chapters in churches, we focus on the church because this is where the power is. This is where people meet Jesus. This is where people are discipled. And so I am so thankful. You guys have a chapter. We have nearly 400 chapters of Save One in 28 nations around the world. And Three Oaks is one of those. But listen, I know... When, when I come and when Jack comes and speaks about things like that, it's like you've got that part of your life managed and it's compartmentalized and it's kind of sat back here. 
And you think, oh, it's not bothering me. But then when we come and talk, it's like it, it just brings it all back. I am encouraging you today to go and talk to Shelly Moore and Melody Vaudry and talk to them. They're the leaders of the chapter here. They want to help you. This is a confidential class. There is not one reason why the enemy should have that hold on you any longer. It's time to allow God to turn to good what the enemy meant for evil in your life. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the people who are healed from the inside out using the three Bible studies that Jack and I wrote, the men's, the women's, the, and the ripple effect for grandparents and siblings who grieve those children who were lost. There, there's nothing magical we've written in these books. It's just God's word served on a silver platter straight to that wound that abortion leaves you with. And so once people go through that, they become powerhouses. They become our greatest church members. They become the, the loudest voices in this debate. And don't get me wrong, we, we're not saying like, oh, go through, save one, and then go tell everybody you've had an abortion. But I will tell you, it's uncanny how God will steer to you the people who need to hear what he's done in your life. And so whether you're a man who didn't have a choice you're a woman who it was forced on you or you absolutely chose it or paid for it. I'm encouraging you to find that help today right here at this church. Just to give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. Not too long ago in one of our trainings, a girl said, my mother had an abortion, I had an abortion, but my daughter will never see the inside of an abortion clinic. And it's because that mother got healing and was able to share with her family and stop that door of death that was opened in her family. Another, just here recently, one of our vendors for, that we use from Save One, I've never even met this girl in person. We just hire her to do some graphic design for us. She, and she knows my story well because she puts everything together. She puts our books together. She does our, our brochures and everything. Well, she called the other day and she said, a girl that is attached to our family called and, or came to our house and said, I'm pregnant. She's 17. I'm pregnant. And my parents are saying I have to have an abortion. So I guess that's what I'm going to do. And she was so distraught. And my friend, the vendor at Save One said, I didn't know what to tell her. So I just told your story. And she changed her mind and fought her parents. And now her parents are on board and they're choosing life. <laughs> It really is true. We become more powerful than the enemy when we tell our story. As a child of God, you're covered by the blood of the Lamb. And all you have to do is start speaking out what God has done to, for you, and you become more powerful. That's why I know this is the key to making abortion unthinkable, even before it becomes illegal in all 50 states. We can do this. We're building an army of truth tellers who are no longer willing to be silent and allow our brothers and sisters to believe the same lie that I believed when I had an abortion at 19 or that anybody else has believed. We're speaking up and we're speaking out. This is where it has to happen in the local church. And so I thank you for being one of those churches that are bold and on the front lines dealing with a subject that is wreaking havoc in our nation. 
So thank you for that. We have a table out there. We would love to meet you. Come and pick up a t-shirt, make a, a bold stand for life. All our resources are out there. Our, our um, Bible studies, my story written out in book form. But I'll turn it over to Jack now and I hope to meet you guys. Thank you so much. Well, good morning. It's kind of like going home or coming home because we know so many people here. You guys are awesome. Parts of our past. I saw Pastor Sandy came, came in this morning and I was thinking when, um, you may not even know this, Pastor Sandy. When I got saved, I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit so badly. And I, I kept going to men in our church and those men would grab me by the head and shout over me. And, and I, just, I just wasn't getting there. And Pastor Sandy taught a very incredibly powerful class on a Sunday night. And she prayed for people, and I, I still had not spoken in tongues. I, I felt like I hadn't received it, but you know what? The Lord's graceful. And this is what she said to me as I walked out the door. She said, some of you going home tonight will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. At 3.12 a.m. on March 12, 1999, God woke me up and said, speak. And I started speaking in my heavenly language for the first time. I had been pursuing that for about eight months. I, I was a heathen of heathens when I got saved. My language was so filthy. And the Lord had, woken, had awakened Sheila before He woke me up. And the reason he did that is he was confirming that she'd never had to hear those foul words come out of my mouth again. It was the heavenly language and God's word that would be coming out. So, Pastor Sandy, thank you. So Sheila and I, you know, she, she said it. I mean, like, we, we come into a church service and it's like we bring the heavy, okay? I mean, like... You heard already the subject, and, and it is, it's a tough subject. But we live in it every day, and, and so we, we've learned that we have to take our moments and we have to breathe deep at times, and then we just have to let God's Word just move over us and take care of us and strengthen us. And um, I just want to encourage you. You think, well, this subject doesn't pertain to me or my family. You know what? God's Word doesn't, he, 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 it doesn't discern whether or not this particular thing affects you. His Word affects you. His presence affects you. We just sang about that. So if you think, yeah, I don't even know about this service, just listen to what God has to say. Because He will, be, he will move in this place if you will allow it to happen with you. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, all right. Have you ever hurt? Have you ever hurt from betrayal? Have you ever hurt from that moment where somebody has attacked you and, and it just doesn't seem like, I mean, like, why am I getting attacked? You know, I'm serving the Lord. Why? Have you ever hurt from deception where somebody has deceived you? You think they're one thing and then they've turned against you and they've done something. Have you ever hurt from something that was just thrust into your life and you didn't even know that it was coming and just like burst onto the scene and you don't know what to do with it. Have you ever heard from that? See, I think everybody in the room has had some level of that. 
And then most all of us have hurt from that choice that we made and now we have to live in the consequences of it. Sheila, she, you, you, you talk to her for just a few minutes, you'll hear her story. She, she made the choice in 1985 and then from, for seven years she lived in the, in the consequences of, those, of that one choice. That choice that just, I mean, the enemy just, you know, he deceives and he tries to get you to make a choice. And then when you make the choice, then he just comes at you with everything he's got to try to make you, you know, he still kills and destroys. So he's trying to steal everything from you. He's trying to kill any hope or yourself physically, or he's trying to destroy dreams. It doesn't matter what it is. He just is, a, it's a full on attack. But the answer to the pain, the answer to the pain of the hurt is the same. It doesn't matter what it is. The answer is Jesus. Hurt, pain, grief, shame, sorrow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it attacks you. It doesn't matter how you have withdrawn from that. It will even make you wither and not be in the rightful place in the kingdom that God has destined you for. But I can tell you that Jesus is the answer and he always will be. And so... I want to go to Mark 10 this morning, Mark 10, 46 through 52. If you want to turn there, I think they're going to have it on the big Bible in the back, back here. Now they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho, this is Jesus, his disciples and a great multitude were with him. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat on the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus, when he heard that it was Jesus, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Sheila wasn't blind physically. For those of you that know my story, I wasn't blind physically. But we were blinded by choices that we had made that had put us in the consequences of those choices. And those consequences had taken us to a place in life where we didn't think there was change that was possible. And Sheila's riding down the road in Chattanooga. We've been married four or five years. Listen, we thought we had arrived. We had an Astro van. Come on. It had delayed wipers. We thought we really were uptown or downtown, one of the towns. I don't know which one it is. And she had a radio ad that she heard. And it said simply this, if you're suffering after an abortion, we have a class for you. Can I tell you, Jesus can find you anywhere if He can find you in an astral van. He can sit with you this morning in this church. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, He is the answer. She got her healing by what we call discipleship, delivery through the discipleship week after week after week in a book just similar to what she has out there. She was exposed to God's Word. It renewed her mind and it changed who she was because what it did is it gave her back that rightful place in the kingdom. Discipleship delivery is a thing. It delivered her from the place where she was. At one point, as a young 20-year-old, she started looking at herself as a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, and she said, how can I live like this? How can I take a pill to go to sleep? How can I take a pill to get up? How can I numb myself all day so I don't have to think about the consequences? And then there I was, a 23-year alcoholic 
just drinking day after day after day thinking it doesn't get any different than this. This is, I had become comfortable in alcoholism. I, I knew how to function through the day and then just tie one on at night and then the next day start again. And it was such a cycle that I didn't see any way to get out of it. But when you experience Jesus, you want other people to experience Jesus, right? So I became her project. She got, she, got, she got her discipleship delivery. I became her project. If you've never been somebody's project, that's a really fun thing to have happen in your life. Can I just tell you that everybody, and I'm not talking about this church, please understand, but everybody isn't want you, doesn't want you to run to Jesus the same way. In fact, there's some that want to tell you how you can run to Jesus. So blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting there and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many, many warned him to be quiet. Please don't shush Jesus away from people. Don't shush people and tell them not to be running toward Jesus. You know, it might not look the way that you think it should look, but if however they get to Jesus, that's how they need to get to Jesus. Sheila, Sheila just said, if I can get him to church, church will change him. Jesus will change him through the church, through the people of the church. And that's exactly what happened. They shushed him. They're going to be people that you think they're your friends, and maybe they're not. There are going to be people that are encouraging you to cry out to Jesus. Hang on to them. He didn't let the stigma of himself being a beggar, a blind beggar, stop him from yelling out to the one that he knew who he was. It's because he knew he was Jesus. He knew he was Jesus. He had the revelation of who Jesus was. He just hadn't had the revelation of what Jesus does. He cried out all the more. Even though they had shushed him, he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Can I tell you, if, you, if you've got a hurt, if you've got a pain, if you need deliverance, if you need, if you need delivered of something, if you have a, a life-controlling issue, if you, need, if you need a healing in your life, if you need a miracle, don't, don't withdraw and hold on to your to your to your shout to Jesus. Because if you'll shout to Jesus, He'll answer. He's in the room right now. Do you know that, right? He inhabits the praise of His people. So what are we pursuing this morning in spite of the shushers? What are we pursuing this morning? What is it that you need in your life? Is there a prodigal? Is there healing? Is there a miracle? Is there something that you've been dealing with? Is there a consequence to sin? It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus is the answer. And so when, when blind Bartimaeus continued to call out, listen to this now, Jesus stood still. He stopped. He stopped where he was and he commanded him to be called. In other words, Jesus says, tell him to come here. And then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. If you're going to get to meet Jesus, you ought to cheer up just a little bit, right? Be of good cheer. Rise. Get up. He's calling you. Here's the thing that makes it so powerful, but some people just struggle with. 
Blind Barnabas threw aside his garment. He had a cloak, this big sheet, bed sheet. It's what it would be, we would compare it to. And that identified him as a beggar. Not only did it identify him as a beggar, it, it was almost like he went down to the city codes and got a permit because you had to have that. You had to have the permit to be a beggar. And so now he's got his permit. It's also his protection at night. It keeps him warm. It's a place that he can sit on. And when people come by and he's begging, they're beg he's begging, they're throwing money on so he can gather that up. He's not having to search all over the ground to find it. The very thing that was his identity, he stood up and threw off. He had this moment of faith that believed that if he could get to Jesus and Jesus could take care of it, right? What he did is he went all in on it. He went all in. He rose and he came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? That's what Jesus is asking us here this morning. Hey, you came in, you worshiped, you worship me, you worship the Father, you worship the Holy Spirit. What is it that you want from me? You surely didn't just come to check off church today. What is it that I can do for you this morning? Jesus is asking us, what can I do for you? Wouldn't it be horrible if we were here this morning and we just walked out without ever, without ever addressing that with him? Listen to this. The blind man, Bartimaeus, said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight, that I may receive my sight. There's strong, strong indication when you study God's word there in the original text that he, what he said was that I may recover the lost sight that I had. In other words, he had seen before, but now he was blind. Don't know what happened to him. But if he had it and lost it, and now he's wanting it back, isn't that kind of like us? We start out life pure. You don't really start out pure, but babies, man, they can put you through it, right? But, but you, you, you have this moment where you start into sin, and it, it's horrible. And you kind of get away. It's only mercy and grace that gets us back. But then sometimes, whether we ever get back or we just start messing up and we start doing the wrong thing over and over, maybe this morning you just want to get back to Him. Maybe this morning you just want to get back to Him. Maybe this morning you just want to get back to peace in your life. Maybe this morning you just want to get back to being able to walk through life without having guilt and shame and sorrow. I don't know what it is, but Jesus is the answer. I'm sure of that. Proverbs 18.21 says, Power of death and life are in the tongue. Jesus made him speak what it was that he wanted. It's good to say it out loud. Whether you've been saying it in your mind or not this morning, would you just go ahead and start? Whatever it is that, Jesus, that you need Jesus to do, would you just think that in your mind for a second? Just for a second. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. The faith of calling out to Jesus, the faith of not being shushed by the people around so he could get to Jesus, and then to stand up and throw off the cloak, that faith, and then to speak what it was that you needed. 
That's what made you whole. Do you believe in Jesus? Because He covers the sin of abortion. His death on the cross was enough for everything that we've ever encountered. He doesn't have to do more. There's not like an extra work that He needs to come back and do for whatever it is that we've gone through. He covered that sin. The sin of abortion, the pain of abortion. Listen, some of you have been in, been in, in like just interjected into an abortion situation and you had nothing to do with it. But you feel that pain and that hurt. We know it happens because tens and tens of thousands of people have gone through Save One since, 20, since the year 2000. 23 years we've been doing this. We've seen all kinds of stories. It's why we wrote all three books. One for men, one for women, and one for people caught in the ripple effect because it's real. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Can I tell you when you've had an experience with Jesus, when you've been in his presence and when he has touched you, that is a moment that you'll never forget and you will always want to follow him. The same story is told parallel in Luke 18. Verse 43 ends this way in, in Luke. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. Praise to God. When people see the difference, when people see the difference in Sheila, when they see the difference in me, there's nothing that we did to, to, to get ourselves where we were. We were a mess. We were a hot mess. But when people see and they, they, when we go back to Chattanooga and somebody says, you, you do what? You preach? 23-year alcoholic and, and all of a sudden you're a preacher. Well, no, it's 25 years I've been doing this now. But the only thing they can do is say, well, God must have done something, right? Admit it for me. Say it again. Say it again, right? So I just want to ask you this morning, if you would bow your head and close your eyes, I have a couple of questions I want to ask you. Three questions, actually. The first question is this. If you came in here this morning and you don't know that your relationship with Jesus is right, if your, your relationship isn't where it needs to be with Jesus, if you know that things are messed up, and then you hear about this Jesus that's the answer to everything, that loves us so much that He came and died and resurrected he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And you want to get your life right with Him this morning. Would you just, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. Just where you are, would you just raise your hand right quick? Just raise your hand. Put it back down. Thank you. I see you guys. I see you. Anybody else? Raise your hand. For those of you that raised your hand this morning, listen, what we want to do is we're just going to do a simple prayer. And this simple prayer just fulfills what it says in the Bible that you have to confess and believe. Confess and believe is what you do. So if the whole church would repeat this with me, say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I ask forgiveness. God, I pray that you would cleanse me of all unrighteousness. God, I repent. I need you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Give my hand, guys. Give my hand this morning. All the angels of heaven are rejoicing this morning. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes one more time, just real quick, listen. Abortion is a tough, tough subject. And, and this is one of those things that, man, listen, you gotta, you gotta start out somewhere. If you've been affected by abortion this morning, in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've been affected, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. not going to ask you to stand up. I just want you to look up at me. Just look up at me if you've been affected. I see you. I see you guys. I see you guys. So sorry. So sorry. Listen, I want to pray with you. and You can come by the booth or you can, you can talk to one of those girls that Sheila mentioned just a few minutes ago. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, that you are in this house and you are taking care of your people. Lord, you're in this room. Your presence is one that makes a difference in people's lives. Lord, let that process begin today of healing and hope and restoration. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.